This is Partnership for the Arts Radio. Come join us as we explore the worlds of art. And you can listen to all the episodes of our talk show on our website at partnershipforthearts.group.org. Hey, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm great, Dave. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I'm blessed. And I'm excited because we are going to part two of our interview with blues musicians, <laughs> Debbie Bond and Rick Asterson. Yeah, they are really cool, so let's get going on right. this. And we hope you, the listeners, enjoy the music, the soundtrack of Debbie Bond, Rick Asher, and Willie King. So, Debbie, Rick, we were talking about having you guys come down here and uh, tour Florida. I've got an aunt in Orlando, so... Um, well, that's better. That's closer. That, that's right, yes. Now, you guys have made a trip to Florida before. We, we did one trip down-ish your way when we went to visit uh, a blues band. There's a book called The Yearling, and I can't remember who wrote it, which everyone in America has read, apparently. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it was written by someone who lives in the, in the very middle of Florida, somewhere right between the coasts and very middle-ish, uh, deep southern. And we went down there for a special trip, and that was cool. Right, right. And we played with Willie quite a few times in Florida. North Florida, mostly, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. But well, I have a gig, and we'll come. We will, if it's planned for far enough ahead, we'll do it and. Uh, it'd be lovely. It'd be and great. try to get some shows along the way. Yeah, that would be great. And a lot of good places that would be a good fit for you. Hopefully, the fit is mutual. <laughs> okay, now we've been mentioning Willie King all along the way. Let's uh, let's talk about it. Yeah. Tell, so tell us a little bit about him. Well, I'm I primarily stayed in Alabama because of Willie King. Uh, as I said, I was wondering around what to do, and I ended up being directed to his festival as something to do on a on a Saturday. And just as I was trying to drive out the next day, he said, "Oh, come over here, rap a while." Or at least I think that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> at that point, my I, I was not good at understanding deep Alabama accents of any sort. Well, it's good to see you got that mastered, Rick. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, he, apart from being, I would say, the best, not very hardly well-known blues musician who's been recorded, he was just a really wonderful man. His first album was called Walking the Walk, Talking the Talk. And uh, he's one of those few people who who actually did that. They don't just say that or say you should do that. He really did love everybody. Now, Rick, you got to explain what you mean when you say walk the walk, talk the talk with Willie King. You know, I was staying with him when I first stayed in Alabama for a few months in his, his broke down trailer in Pickens County. You know, he said, uh, do you want to join me? I'm going to the store to get some cigarettes. And it, it would take hours because he'd <laughs> someone had lift and he'd drop off some tomatoes somewhere and he'd just pop by to talk to someone who, you know, needed talking to. And he was like a community leader, a, a single a spearhead of uh, civil rights in his very rural area, you know. And so along with just really first-class blues music, it was just a joy and a pleasure and an honour and a privilege to, to work with him as closely as we did. Yeah, he was a, definitely a community activist. And uh, when I first came to Alabama, coincidentally, I ended up in, in Pickens County in 1979. We were like in one degree of separation situation with, with folks in common. I, you know, I was doing things like helping to register voters there. And Willie was very a- active in trying to get 
community involved and change things. And, and, and things really did change a lot during his tenure, but he experienced, it was still a little bit of the Jim Crow South there in Pickens County. Wow. Uh, you know, he was in the midst of that. And so his songs were very much about trying to, to you know, preach about change and, and black and white people getting together and, you know, he's, he was just a, a great musician, a great poet, and a visionary. I mean, he reminds me a lot of when I was a kid, I lived in West Africa, and there's kind of a tradition of almost like, well, looking after each other, the African village being a, a, a kind of a communal living situation where people really took care of each other. And Willie believed in that and harked back to a time, even with the black community, uh, when people were sharecropping and struggling for survival survival of you know really helping each other uh with their crops and fixing each other's roof leaks or whatever it happened to be and he really tried to live that mm. and set an example of you know how we should be really helping each other in this world and not kind of exploiting each other or dragging people down and that was reflected in his music too yeah Absolutely. And he very much saw music as a part of that, mm -hmm. of his mission to do, mm -hmm. to bring upliftment and positivity yeah. to people's lives and help them through the hard times. And, and he also had a program where he would teach what he called traditional rural survival skills like farming and making preserves and woodworking. He was just a very, you know, unusually sincere, dedicated and honest human being at a, at an, un, a very profoundly deep level. And you just don't meet, meet many people like that in any walk of life anywhere. Yeah, and he was probably, you know, one of the least educated formerly people I have met along the way. But at the same time, one of the wisest characters and very charismatic in the just authentic, humble way of uh, living what he believed. You know, just listening to you two, I think we all get a good sense of uh, what kind of wonderful and talented man Willie Keane was. He sounds oh, yeah. just so amazing. He really was. And I think, you know, if you listen to his music, you'll hear that in it. You mm -hmm. know, it's one of those things where you listen to something on the recorded or on the radio, but then when you see them live, you, you get a different dimension. Right. And uh, sometimes that can be slightly disappointing in my experience. <laughs> Dad, <'cause... laughs> But in uh, pretty much universally, with the, with the Willie King experience, you suddenly found a lot more depth than you had necessarily realised to start with. And uh, we, I have to say, we have a lot of Willie King memorabilia and stuff in, in almost every room in our house <laughs> because we just loved him. Yeah, we we can tell yeah. that he meant a lot to both of you. Yeah, absolutely. My dad died shortly after I met Willie, and he was he was almost like a uh, my blues surrogate dad for a, for a while. And uh, we we I just felt we really loved each other, and we worked very closely together for about uh, eight years before uh, until his death in two thousand and nine. What would you say that you two learned from spending that time with Willie about playing music? Yeah, I think we both learned a lot from him musically in the mm. sense of that kind of. You know, it's all about being genuine and, you know, coming from the heart and soul. That that's where it's at, you know, just being yourself on stage and also, yeah, and communicating with the audience in that way. He, he really helped me a lot just in that regard to see him, the way he would connect with his audience and just be himself. And he used to always say, you know, that, you know, what we did in the juke joint every Sunday night, most Sunday nights, 
which was, you know, a hole in the wall, one room shack down a dirt road, that that same spirit that you had to, to, to take that same groove thing, authentic groove thing to the big stage was or however small the stage was. Right. That just, you just have to be yourself and do your thing. And mm. uh, that sounds easy to say, but yeah. <laughs> and it's and then also the improvised, that, how that was reflected in improvisation and where Willie would lay down a groove, you know, a bass line or a guitar lick which was the foundation of the of the song and then people you know that's layers of jamming on top of that and then his you know whatever story he's telling with his song you know that it's that magical mystery thing that music is you know that that communicates on a another plane that we then we can really you know even really understand it sounds the the word that's coming to my mind just listening to this is like honesty yes I mean, it mm-hmm. just sounds very honest, and people yes. respond to that. I think that's yeah, absolutely, uh, and you know, I mean, another angle on music in general, well, performing music. I mean, I think the challenge for the performing musician is to be as see-through as possible. No, no defence, no artifice. And I think the blues, in particular, lends itself to that because of that kind of earthy, rootsy, gutsy thing that they're trying to get at. That's what it calls for. The kind of thing I, I always think live music will never die because there's something that you can get in live music to human beings standing up and performing in that way, and then your audience responding to that, and you you start to get one event kind of happening, which I like to call communion. You know, suddenly you're all together in one thing, and you're all maybe playing different parts, but it's still it's one celebration of, of being alive together you know and i think that's that's what i learned from working with willie and that's mm. the that's the only thing that makes sense for me for performing music otherwise you might as well stay at home or record it and put it out but there's, there's a particular joy in in live music and putting yourself in the background and allowing the music to come through you and and just resonate together uh, ain't nothing like it you got that right <laughs> <laughs> Now, talking about juke joints and stuff, Nanette, uh, before the show, you were telling me about some place that you like to go that kind of sounds like that, right? Yeah, and it's, you know, it's kind of country, it's kind of bluesy. And what's the name of this place? The Bean Depot. The Bean Depot. Yeah, and they serve food. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is named the Bean Depot after all, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, beer. I think beer is what's in order there. It's a it's a weird place, but it's a very neat place. I really like it. I I like to go at least once a once a year. Once a year. On a Wednesday night. On a Wednesday night, you go once a year, (laughs) and it's a Wednesday night. Okay. (laughs) So, Rick. Debbie, there's your first gig. <laughs> yeah, I'm planning your itinerary for when you guys come down here. Okay. Excellent. We appreciate it. We're, we're ready. So you realize we just became their booking agent, right? But don't worry, we won't charge you much. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, actually, there's a place, we, we, we've got a place here and we haven't been to, but it's a Wednesday night sort of jamming situation called the Red Wolf Lounge, which sounds a bit similar. It's very much like a, a juke joint, and 
We also have Gip's place, which is the a real deal juke joint. And Gip is he says he's ninety eight and, oh and it's and it's really possible he's a bit pickled on moonshine, I think. That <laughs> um, he's also a grave digger by day. Oh my gosh. Uh, he owns the black graveyard that's in his oh neighborhood. Yeah, that's him right now. <laughs> Gip is alive. It'll well, be. And, which might uh, not tried, be that much longer if he's not. Yeah, yet. well, you never know. You never. He's just amazing. They tried to shut it down. The city tried to shut it down a couple years ago, and there was a worldwide protest. All right. Oh, you got to love that. Yeah, the, the city of Bessemer was getting emails from uh, England, from uh, all over America, Canada, Europe. Why were they wanting to shut down Gip? They basically wanted to cut because Gip was doing so well. They, they, <laughs> they thought, oh, well, now let's make him official and get yeah, out yeah. bit of it. So, uh, yeah. but some, I guess they worked something out because it's, it's still going strong. And uh, it's the last one that I know of in, in Alabama. And it's great. Okay. Rick, Debbie, uh, you guys want to start a shout out to some of your favorite places? Uh, well, there's Gibbs. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I want to go there. I can tell you that. Gibbs is great. Another, another, well, there's a couple of places in Birmingham uh, that I particularly like. Um, Daniel Day Gallery, yes. which is near Sloss Furnace, put on a weekly Sunday afternoon show. Blue which, show. And it's all, you know, they just really get good folks there and they are the nicest people. And you, you, you pay it, you bring your own food, bring your own beverage and just cut. And they've got lots of comfy chairs and sofas and they do always do a cookout. And that's that's like a house party. It's just such fun. Right. And Nanette, I know you haven't seen this uh, gallery, but it, it's great. There's an outdoor space out back that's, that's perfect for jamming. Uh, in fact, I've joined a couple of jams with Rick and Debbie out there. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I just love that place. So will you guys do me a favor? Will you tell Melanie and Daniel I gave them my best and said hello? Okay. That's just one great place. There are so many. They're all over you know, Alabama. There are these cool venues. I have to say that coming back... I mean, it's very cool, and like Rick says in Europe, the fact that you don't have to drive too far to get to a whole other population, dense population, of, and then another venue and, and blues lovers. But there nothing quite matches the warmth and the atmosphere of the different places we play here. Like another one is Moonlight on the Mountain, mm, right. which is listening. And then, I mean, we've gone to some crazy places, but there's a place up, that, that place that was in the cave that we went think, to. Wow. Yeah, it, cool. Yeah, that it, sounds it, cool. Yeah, there's I a... What it's called. I can't like, uh, it'll come to me like, it's named uh, Snakes. Rattlesnake. Uh, Rattlesnake Saloon. It's the Rattlesnake Saloon. Rattlesnake Saloon. That gets the prize for the most dramatic location. It's got, uh, it's a family-owned piece of land, and it's got this big bluff and a, a sort of cavey thing on the bottom, which is huge, and the band plays outside, and they've built a bar and restaurant into in the, the cave in the cave so that's very cool so yeah. that's that's a great one okay any other places i'd like to uh, do a shout out for the uh, blues tavern in mobile which uh, there's a few places where you arrive and you you just start playing and you immediately know that you're whatever you're doing that's what they want <laughs> and they just they love it and then you love it and uh, the blue the blues tavern was is always like that it's just uh, Meet, seems to be a perfect match in a certain way. 
Yeah, we about you know once or twice a year we've gone to the and played in Atlanta. The Northside Tavern mm. is another joint that is really similar to that. Mm. There's places like the Rock House Eatery that is a you know, just a, a cool restaurant, individual owned place uh, in Gunnersville, which is beautiful, surrounded by a state park, and uh, you know it's just got a great atmosphere and a great listening music audience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As a there's a place that, alas, is now closed, which still deserves a shout, which is the Cafe Clatch in Huntsville, where uh, I first played there with Willie King, you know, <laughs> last millennium, I believe. <laughs> wow. Close to. And uh, so many great folks came through their doors, and uh, eventually they, they closed, but... Uh, that was a very storied place. Then there's a craft beer revolution happening here, which is phenomenal. Absolutely. Lots of great places. And, uh, here in Tuscaloosa, we have like three different craft beer places, which are also great music venues. Right. Right. Yeah. right. And we have a particular connection with one of them called Band of Brothers, which is uh, family owned. And uh, the beer's really good, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And one of the singers on my current CD is that her her partner is the uh, brewmaster but you know just anyway just love love great lots of really cool places to play in Alabama and there you know more out there well tell us about your recent CD our current CD is called enjoy the ride and uh, it was recorded up in Muscle Shoals the song, the title tracks a kind of solely groove uh, R&B groove that's and it's really about how you know it's easy to be worried about the future and our goals and you know thinking about all of the things you want to do uh, instead of enjoying right now mm-hmm. and to remember to enjoy the ride that one's about but it, it's uh, every track has these two friends of ours who are these awesome solely singers one who actually came up through the blues, Alabama Blues Project Blues Camp since she was a little girl, and now she's grown up, and uh, it's just awesome background singing on the album. Oh, wonderful. Now, you mentioned Muscle Shoals. Now, it has a large history of its own. Yeah, yeah Muscle yeah. Shoals. So many, many great artists that have come through there, recording legends, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know Sonny and Cher came through there the stones the stones recorded there uh, aretha yeah, franklin mm-hmm. Etta james you know ray charles i mean uh, so what what's it like recording up there when we're there it, it, <laughs> you just hang out and you start chatting to someone and they say oh yeah when i was recording with ray, ray charles on his second album or something <laughs> and they they all it's just full of and they're very uh un um they're not sort of being big-headed about it. They're just like, that's what they've been doing there for a, for a long time. There's a, tr- there's a tremendous history of great musicians and great recordings in that area. And a lot of the session musicians who were on those albums are still around. Who who played on um, many of the records we just mentioned. He's our, uh, of our track. Sorry, Debbie, missed that. Who was that? Spooner Oldham. Keyboard player, but he's also written a tremendous amount of songs. Dan Penn. And Dan Penn and Spooner Oldham have written a lot of songs together. I mean, they had a huge number of hits in the 70s and 80s. And they're still all playing, you know, everyone's still doing it. So there's that great soul history up there with, you know, Percy Sledge, Wilson Pickett, who are both from Alabama. See, us Alabamans have to stand up for our musical heritage. Uh, yes, yes. No well, there's a lot of it. it. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Both of them being from the UK, that is. Well, yeah. <laughs> it takes an outside view to appreciate what you got. There you go. Now, speaking of famous artists and connections, there's a wonderful picture of you 
Debbie and Bonnie Raitt because you two have spent quite a bit of time together. We actually connected in uh, 92 when uh, Johnny Shines was in the hospital. That's when we first connected. Uh, so we've stayed in touch and she has, anytime she comes around this, these here parts, she uh, sent, gives her, has her people call us. <laughs> <laughs> we are our people. Uh, and uh, lets us have backstage passes and come to the show and publicly dedicates a song to us every time. <laughs> That's wonderful. It's been just a fantastic support and inspiration. And uh, she, uh, I didn't realize until we, you know, uh, until I found out through the Blues Project, but she, she supports an enormous amount of worthy causes and musical associations of all sorts. Uh, does a lot of good with her music, and we appreciate it a lot. Well, much like you two, I mean, with success of the Alabama's Blues Project so much so that it has caught the attention of recording artists such as the aforementioned Bonnie Raitt, right? That mm. is right. She she has been a supporter uh, of the Alabama Blues Project, you know, sent contributions to the Blues Project over, the t over time. Okay, so we've got maybe another 15 minutes with the show here. Guys, when we first met, you remember that? Uh, was at the St. Clair Tavern. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was uh, their roadie that night. I helped him carry equipment in. He's very helpful. Tavern of St. Clair. Yes. Yeah, that gig is still open, by the way. <laughs> the, the roadie position. Oh, yeah, the roadie oh. position. Not, <laughs> not the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> well, you make it down here. I'll be happy to give you a hand. Okay. okay. <laughs> Just in case any of your listeners are interested, it is an intern <laughs> position. <laughs> right. Uh, seeing, seeing you there. And then uh, I think another place we should give a shout out to is the uh, Hoover Library. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I know when uh, we saw you perform there, you had a chance to team up with uh, one of my other local favorites there in Birmingham, uh, Chuck King. Not related to Willie King, but an all-time great trumpeter. Oh, right, right. Anything else you uh, would like to add? While you're talking about libraries, I just wanted to say we, we end up playing quite a few libraries. And I yeah. and these are I'm, actual libraries? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, we've The Hoover Library, the... Powell City Library, we've also done Birmingham, uh, the main Birmingham Library, we've done Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa Library, we've done Greensboro, you know, the, I'm so impressed with the libraries often being an art centre for their community and putting on all sorts of programmes, not just music. I hope that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's just a, it's a wonderful part of our experience, of my experience here is, is how welcoming the libraries have been to uh, different arts forms and uh, we've been very welcomed in a lot of them yeah yeah and the other thing i wanted to mention was before we left for europe this time i wrote this song called winds of change and it was it, the song kind of just kind of spilled out and i felt very compelled to record it and release it before the tour and it stayed in the british top 10 blues charts for while we were on tour Congratulations. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, you know, I haven't heard this one, Debbie. What's the uh, song about? It's kind of a blues protest song, 
and it it talks about you know hurricanes and floods and drought and climate change and kind of the things that are going on in the world at the moment and so i would it was just a wonderful thing that the song was so well received over there and it will be the title track of my new album which will be released next year Wow. Well, again, congrats on that. Right. So how many CDs, albums do you now have out on your own? You have done several with other artists, uh, some here and some overseas, too. Before, Debbie did one, I can't, don't know why, but before I arrived. <laughs> so uh, does that make five? Well, she didn't then, know uh, what was coming, that's why. No, exactly. That must be it. And then we've four together, actually. So then I've got five CDs of my own. And we're, and we, we were on one, two and Willie King CDs. We did two CDs with Willie. Mm. And then I'm on a couple compilation CDs, that one that was released in Germany, one that was released in Alabama, showcasing Alabama blues. Right, right. That is a great CD. So now, what was the deal with the um, award? Grammy. Grammy, right. Grammy Award. Oh, well, our last CD was in the Grammy, that, along with millions of other people, probably. Yeah. We're not sure if it got past the first cut, I guess is the point. But right. but it was in the mix. <laughs> yeah. that way. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, but that's still pretty cool. I just remember seeing that post out there at some point in time. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. Well, so that was, that was definitely exciting to be in the numbers, they say. So. Yes, yes. Because you just never know. Never know. You never know. So, guys, we are going to have to wrap it up. Unfortunately, running out of time. I'd just say it's been an honor, a lot of fun to have you guys on the show. And to catch up with you guys and uh, to be able to share all the wonderful things that you two really do. Thank Thank you so much. Yes. Now, before we go, so that people can find you, how about giving us some uh, contact information? Website, Facebook page? Absolutely. The, the easiest thing is uh, www.debbiebond.com. That's D-E-B-B-I-E-B-O-N-D.com is our website. And uh, we're on Facebook. So if you just put Debbie Bond in the search, not to be confused with the gospel soul singer, also called Debbie Bond. Right, right. <laughs> so now and on your website, you have tour dates, I assume. We have tour dates. We have photos. We have videos. You have a link to buy CDs? We have a link to buy CDs, uh, one of which even comes right to our very home. <laughs> but, you can also get, but you can also get them from CD Baby and Amazon and uh, off of iTunes. The distribution is, is pretty wide and international, so right, it's not too hard to find. And all those links are on our website. Yeah. Good. You know, I just thought of something before we go. I think we should give a, a good final shout out to the Pepper Place. Oh, yeah. Oh, good call. Great event. Lots of lots of great times. Yes, really. We always enjoy that. and We, we really do. I think that's uh, we've got one coming up in a couple of weeks. and it's Not to mention the fact that farmers are often very kind-hearted to us musicians and gives them, give us the most wonderful, organically, locally grown, gorgeous vegetables. Mm. Yeah. So we will work for food occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> Especially that quality. Right. Um, are you sure you want everyone to know that? Well, yeah. <laughs> I think you'll have to join us next time we make our uh, way back to Birmingham. You'd really enjoy it. Absolutely. Great. 
Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. We look forward to meeting you live and in person. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So, speaking of time. Yes. It's uh, time we wrap up the show, guys. And I, I have yeah. just enjoyed this so much and appreciate you all taking the time. Out of your busy, busy, busy schedule. Yes, yes. Well, it, it, we really appreciate what you're doing and helping get, get the word out and let people know about some of the things that are going on, and including our good selves. And uh, so thank you so much for having us on your show. I really enjoyed talking to you both. Yeah. Really. Thank you so much uh, for, for staying in touch and keeping your art thing going as you've headed even further south. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to come down sometime next year and check it out. Well, we'll see what we can work out for you. Yes. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, I need to twiddle my toes in the water. That sounds very good. Get down here especially since Nanette has uh, now signed us up as your booking agent. <laughs> okay, so we're going to wrap up. Debbie, Rick, you take good care of yourselves. Can't wait to hear you soon. And to everyone out there that listens to us here and on the website, we appreciate you tuning in because you're the reason we keep this going. So you all have a good day. And Nanette, until the next show, you take care. You too, Dave. Take care. This is Partnership for the Arts Radio. Come join us as we explore the worlds of art. And you can listen to all the episodes of our talk show on our website at partnershipforthearts.org.